Well, hello and welcome to another episode uh, of this debate, the original podcast from Damac Properties. The podcast where we take a deep dive into some of the latest announcements from Damac Properties, but also give you an overview of what exactly is going on in real estate and property here in Dubai, across the UAE and the region as a whole. A man who wears a number of hats and wears them with some acclaim as well. Here's the managing director for this, the multi-billion dollar global real estate development company that is Damac Properties. It is a warm welcome. Why am I welcoming him? We're in one of his properties <laughs> down here at the Paramount Hotel. It is a warm thank you to Ali Sajwani who joins us live here. Ali, thanks so much indeed for your time. Thank you for hosting us in our home. <laughs> <laughs> you invited me into your home, it's very kind indeed. Listen, I mentioned there and gave you a little sort of indication of the number of hats that you currently wear. Um, you've worked across the whole of the business during your career to date. Um, in terms with the number of responsibilities that you have taken on, are you comfortable with the number of hats in the closet <laughs> at the moment? It's a bit too many to be honest, I'm not going to lie to you. Um, but that's how you learn. So, you know, you touched on how it is to work with, uh, with the family and how it is to work with my father. He doesn't take no for an answer, he's a difficult man in that sense. So he just keeps pushing you and pushing you. And if you think that you're breaking down, he just pushes you some more. Mm. But it's the reason we've been able to achieve so much and grow so much at a young age, me and my sister. Mm. So to be honest, I'm thankful for that, uh, for the way he's sort of brought us up and given us this work ethic. Um, of course, in the beginning it was very hard when I was younger and I'd complain about it. But thinking about it and reflecting today, I wouldn't do it any differently with my, with my own son. Mm. I mean, in terms of the role that you have at the moment, well, one of the roles being the MD uh, of, the, of DeMat Properties, everyone says that a good MD needs to have a, a proper overview of every single division uh, of the company. That's a responsibility that you took on, something you wanted to do from a young age as well. Do you think that's put you in a good place to understand the culture of this company? So, you know, I've been involved in the company since I was 14. <laughs> so I remember when we used to have the launches back then in Medina Jumeirah, I used to do the speeches, yeah. uh, launching the different projects. On weekends, we'd come into the office. Um, my dad worked seven days a week. And then during the summer, we'd have these uh, programs, like a rotation program. So I'd go through the different departments. So we have some people in the company, uh, Mohammed Tahayna, Nile who've actually, who I've seen since I was 15, 16 years old, they've seen me grow up. Yeah. So the culture is sort of inbred in us. We understand it very well. Having said that, one of the biggest transformations we're going through is uh, culture change. Yeah. Um, you know, we used to operate very much um, in a silos mm. where people don't speak to each other. Yeah. And uh, we realize we can't keep operating in this way. Uh, we started the transformation in 2018. And then in 2021, we set up a transformation office, um, which, is, uh, which has many initiatives. And one of the key initiatives we're actually working on is a culture change in the company. Mm. And it's probably the hardest thing to do in a company, changing the culture. Quick question about the culture as well that you mentioned there. And, and I'm sure you, your sister, your father, the whole family are very proud of building over the years. As the as the company grows, as the brand grows, as the responsibilities get greater, does it become more difficult to maintain that culture? 100%. You know, the way we deal with different uh, departments or different people in the company uh, depends on what, what we expect of them as deliverables. Mm. So if you talk about the technology team, 
um, it's a completely different culture mm. than the CRM team. Um, the technology team, you know, they have a pr they have different projects they work on. So this year we have 60 different initiatives, and we have meetings every week to follow up on those initiatives. But there's flexibility on how they achieve those initiatives. Mm. But if you're looking at the CRM team, no, it's very much we have CSAT scores, we have an NPS score. You have to follow the SOPs defined, mm. and you have to make sure that the customer is getting what he deserves to get on time. Mm. So. The culture varies depending on the different department in the company. And I think it's important that we don't try to bring in a one culture fits all for the company because mm. it just wouldn't work. You mentioned customer service there, and that's a recurring theme for us here uh, on debate, whether it be those working within the company, those working outside the company, those working who were involved in the company one way or another. One phrase that come, cro crops up time and time again in the podcast is customer service. For a man who so personally has embraced technology and innovation and the digital future of the DeMat brand, do technology and customer service go hand in hand? Because I think so many people hear customer service and they think face to face. We've, we think the customer service experience should be completely digitized. Um, so what we did was in 2020, when I took over the technology team, mm -hmm. First thing we did was focus on employees, the employees, the uh, digitization of the employee's journey. So we brought in all of the employee journeys onto Demac Central. Step two was Demac Living. So we launched an application for all of our customers. And the idea of launching this application was we don't want our customer to have to drive 30, 40 minutes to come see us to get an NOC or to do any sort of uh, service. So today in the CRM team, we have 67 service requests, which the customer can raise, 60 of which now are completely digitized and on the application. So even if you want to sell your property today, you don't need to come visit us anymore. Your NOCs can be generated on the application itself. Uh, and I, that's, that's why technology and customer service really does go hand in hand. At the end of the day, you want to make the customer's life easier. And that means making him interact with us less. Mm. So if he wants to get something done, instead of him spending half a day to visit us and get it done, I'm more than happy to offer him the service digitally where he can finish it in five, seven, ten minutes. Talk to me about digital cities, if you can. Again, there will be many out there who, as soon as I use the M word, metaverse, will go, oh, what's it actually mean? <laughs> Nod, they think they know what it means, but do they really understand? Look, digitization, digitalization and metaverse are all key aspects of all industries out there. But how is it going to impact where we live in the future, real estate and property development? It's going to impact what you buy, mm. and it's going to impact the way you make decisions. So today, when you, today let's take Dubai in as an example. We have all these new launches which happen every other week now. You know, the market's hot, we're selling out on the night. But that's not always the case. You know, property goes in cycles. Uh, in a normal market, usually the customer thinks about what he wants to buy, he looks at his options. Now, when you're selling something off plan and it's such a large ticket, mm. you want to give the customer the, most, the best way to visualize what he's getting. When we talk, talk about the metaverse, what we're doing is we're building our assets in a digital form, but they're very immersive experiences in VR, and you can customize those assets. Mm. Um, so imagine you come to the website, you filter what you're looking for, you see the different projects, you have your digital walkthroughs, you visit the amenities, you visit the different units, you choose your finishes, and then 
when you go to the checkout page, you're going to be able to actually pay and purchase online, get onboarded on Damak Living, which is our customer-facing application. All your collection calls, all your CRM requests, everything's fully digital. Uh, we've already done the entire Damak Living um, journey. We have the Metaverse journey. It's actually going to be launching this year, before end of the year. And next year is about building the entire e-commerce engine on the back end. So you can actually have the end-to-end -end experience, if you like, without any human interaction. And if you do have questions, when you jump onto the Metaverse platform, there will be one of our sales agents guiding you through the different properties, showing you the different finishes, views, price points, etc. With a brand like Demac, there are opportunities um, plentiful out there in terms of partnerships, people that want to partner with Demac and other creative ideas that you can get involved in. How do you and the rest of the senior exec team go about choosing the right partners, but also the right creative opportunities to move into? So we've always worked with some of the best global brands. Yeah. We've worked with Versace, our tower in London, Paramount Pictures, where we're sitting right now. Yeah. Um, we have projects with interior designs by Fendi, Damak Heights, and Dubai Marina, Roberto Cavalli. Our Cavalli Tower is probably one of the most prime buildings in Dubai. It's under construction still, mm. but it's just gorgeous. Penthouses on the top, big terraces, every unit has a pool. Uh, Di Grisogono is another brand. Yeah. We just today launched a product with famous Lebanese designer, Zuhair Murad. So we tend to look for very premium brands to mm. partner with. And you know, it's all about branding today. So Damak is probably one of the most premium brands in the market. And we'd like to partner with the most premium fashion brands, movie brands, pictures brands, etc to bring that real value out to the customer. Just want to pick up on a little something you said there about the market. And yeah, we sit here in what is a buoyant market at the moment. There's no one out there can deny that. And we're seeing huge amount of international and regional interest coming into the market here. Given that I've got you here on this table and given that you have to be one of the most qualified to answer this, is this a long-term thing. I mean, how do you go about planning, as you said, the dips and the highs and the lows that are in the market? And how long do you see this particular high going on for? So there's a fundamental difference this time. <laughs> I'll tell you. And I know everyone says this time's different. One of my responsibilities is I look after the collections team. Yeah. And I look after our terminations team. In the previous years, uh, let's say 2015, 16, when we had those booms from the Arab Spring, etc., we saw a similar large influx of funds coming into the market. Two major differences. Back then, developers were collecting 5% down payments and then offering these long extended payment plans that go even post handover for up to seven years. So it created a lot of speculation. This time around, most developers have implemented 20 to 25% down payment. In the past, we used to see default rates of north of 30%. From every 100 customers that buy, 30 of them don't make it through to the final payment. Today, our default rates are below 8%. So you have these fundamental differences which we see in the business. Another big difference is the end users today are buying. It's not just investors. Because of the way Dubai has handled COVID, we had a large influx of very wealthy people come into the city and experience it for the first time because the rest of the world was closed off. Mm. These people have, they love Dubai, mm. and they've started moving to Dubai. Now we saw a big uptick in the luxury market for the last 18 months. Mm. Many of these people are now moving their businesses here. As they move their businesses here, 
you're going to have all of the employees moving here. As the employees move here, you're going to see the mid-segment of the market have a serious uptick. And we're already experiencing that. So due to these fundamental differences between this cycle and the previous cycle, we don't think this is a short-term boom. Mm. We expect it to last at least three to four years. That doesn't mean prices are going to continue to skyrocket, mm -hmm. but we don't uh, expect to see a crash. Yeah. You might see some stabilization of prices, but we're not going to see what we saw in previous cycles where it's a large boom and a bust. Mm. Excuse me if I may, but a question that I put to your sister as well when she did her podcast. Um, would you be comfortable with your son or daughter coming to you and saying, Dad, I want to get into the family business because I want to stay in real estate in years to come? Oh, he better want to be in the family <laughs> business in years to come. <laughs> <laughs> the perfect answer. <laughs> you mentioned a little earlier on in our conversation that you know you've been I mean obviously you've been involved in the business since the day you were born but actively involved from 14 15 years old as well. Through your sort of education for your maturation as well since marriage and becoming a father as well. Do you think that your approach to the business has changed? Uh, definitely it comes with experience. I don't think it's so much about getting married but it's about time spent in the business so you know when I first started in the business I would always object to certain things and say why are things done like this you know when we were in uh, university the textbooks taught us something else uh, when you get into the business and you're managing day to day and you gain that experience um, you change the way you do things uh, and I think that's very important to be able to constantly adapt to the environment you're in and how things are changing. Mm. So the way I manage today in a booming market is very different than the way I used to manage in 2018 and 19 when the market was uh, very down. Mm. Uh, and you have to be able to adapt quickly. Mm. So when we saw the markets picking up, we quickly launched Lagoons, you know, in uh, 2012, 2011, when the market had just started coming back after the financial crisis, my father launched the Makils. And people said, come on, you're crazy, what are you doing? Damak Hills, 50 million square feet in the middle of the desert. Today, that's what really positioned Damak to where it is. We were always known as a vertical developer, but really today we're a horizontal developer. We develop communities. We no longer only develop individual buildings. So it's about having that sense to take the correct risk mm. or a large risk at the right time. You mentioned the word community there. Uh, and again, that's just prompted me, you know, another memory of previous episodes that we've done as well. Everyone talks about Damak communities and how key uh, communities are to that, whether, whether it be um, uh, the, the, the riding stables in the middle of Damak Hills, whether it be the community centres, whether it be the interaction from Damak uh, employees as well. Again, just how key is that to the Damak success story thus far? It's extremely important. We don't deal with our customers on a daily basis by them visiting our offices, but we interact with them daily in our communities. Mm. So when the customer goes and experiences our park, experiences our events every weekend, and enjoys them. That's what builds the closeness and loyalty to the brand, and that's what's important to us. Mm. And we have a lot of um, initiatives we're actually running right now for customer engagement. We just launched something called SnapShare and Win, mm -hmm. where we've brought in a technology called BulbShare. And the entire idea of this technology is when you're on the Damak Living application, We've now enabled it for your children, your wife, or your entire family. When you log in every day, depending on what age group you sit in and which community you live in, it's going to give you daily challenges. 
So in Damakils, you log in and you'll get a notification today saying, okay, go to the horse riding school, take an image with Sally the horse and upload it on Instagram. And we use an algorithm now to pick the best content. And then we reward the winner every day with Amazon gift cards, stays at Paramount Hotel, meals at our F&B outlets, um, trips, mm. London, Maldives. And the entire idea is to get the customer more engaged with us. Mm. You're not going to be asked to take a picture with a horse. You'll probably be asked to visit Paramount Hotel for a meal on the weekend and take a picture of a certain dish on the menu. So it's highly customized to, uh, to your ethnicity, to your age, etc. And that's where we're using technology in a way which many people don't know outside Damak or Damak customers. Extraordinary. So that interaction just goes on all the time. Quick word on dad, if we may, because you mentioned your father a little bit earlier on and, and, and growing up um, uh, whilst your father was building this extraordinary empire at the moment, an empire that you've been a part of and continue to be a part of at the moment. There might be those out there saying that, yeah, you've done your learning now and you've been set on your way and you're the managing director and you're moving forward with your own ideas. Are you still learning from your dad? Of course, every day. Yeah. yeah I learn much more from him on a daily basis than I did my entire university life. <laughs> so he's, a, he's, a, he's an inspiration, definitely. And if there was one thing that you could pick up from or you could share with us, one key learning during your time and tutelage under your father uh, and your experience with him, what would that be? Hard work. Yeah. He's always said it, um, you don't have to be the brightest person in the room, but you have to consistently be the hardest working person in the room. Mm. Quick little wrap up, if we may, uh, Ali, with something we like to do, our quick fire round to wrap things up. We'll ask you uh, a couple of questions that we ask all of our special guests and ask you just to give us a, a brief answer a little thought and insight into your thinking on each of them. The first of that is, all technology is good technology. Agree or disagree? Disagree. I'm sure there's some type of technology which can be used for the wrong reasons. Next question. NFTs, a must or bust? <laughs> Short term, definite bust. Uh, long term, must, but not in the way people think today. So you're not going to be buying a profile picture, no. It's going to be used to, uh, to be proof of ownership. Mm. So think about buying a watch, how do you know it's real or fake? An NFT, documents can be forged. Buying property, title deeds can be NFTs, can be tracked mm. on the blockchain, transferred, uh, KYCs. That's, I think, where NFTs are going to shine. So again, great opportunity and potential given the innovation and tech that you're looking at at the moment. Um, Ah, okay, some NFTs, back to good old customer service. I'm going to ask you to conclude or finish this sentence. Good customer service is what? Customer satisfaction. That'll do, won't it? That's all you need, isn't it? Uh, next one. Does digitization decrease the human element? Yes or no? It improves the human, uh, human element. So if you see the way we look at it is technology should be used to make us more efficient. Mm. So where we spend eight hours on a certain task, let's make it four hours with the help of technology, and let's do something else with the remaining four hours of our day. Mm. Well, and I'm not going to keep you for another four hours, that's for sure, because <laughs> I'm sure that you've got plenty to do, uh, uh, be it work or pleasure, that's for sure. But listen, I can't thank you enough for joining thank us. Thank you very much. Um, thanks for the insight as well. Thanks for being so honest. Thanks for giving us a little deep dive. I promised a deep dive at the beginning. I didn't realize we were going to be sharks, but uh, we got there in the end, didn't we? 
But thank you so much indeed for, uh, for your honesty and for your insight into uh, what is, of course, an extraordinary business. Uh, Thank you very much. Thanks so much indeed for tuning in to this podcast, this latest episode of Debate, the original podcast by Damac Properties. Uh, stay tuned uh, for more episodes and of course stay across all of the social media. Uh, that's it from myself and Ali on this episode. In fact, it's not. Because here we are, down at the Paramount Hotel, Ali. We've been talking about work-life balance. Here we have been talking about work, work, work and work. Do you fancy a quick uh, hit on the uh, very exclusive pool table? I hope you like losing. Well, I, 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 I'm not going to win, that's for sure. So uh, over to you, Ali, for, uh, to take the first shot on what is a very stylish pool table. If I miss this, you edit it so that I made it. If, 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 if you miss, you buy dinner. If, if, if I miss, you don't. I'm buying dinner. <laughs> Thanks, Ali. <laughs> 